Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Enterprise Architecture Radio. If you're thinking about organizational complexity and agility, if you're concerned about operational efficiencies and are thinking of taking it to the next level, if managing innovation is one of your priorities, you have come to the right place. On this podcast, we talk about all of that and more. It's a jungle out there, and we will attempt to navigate this jungle of frameworks, methods, and most importantly, enterprise architecture in practice. Welcome to the Enterprise Architecture Radio. In the previous episode, we talked about where do we start doing enterprise architecture. If you've not listened to that episode yet, I strongly recommend you listen to that one before you continue with this one. And I keep the episodes about 10 minutes or so, uh, so you don't phase out and drift away somewhere in the middle. And while most of my episodes are going to be individual episodes, sometimes it's just too tough for me to pack everything into a single 10-minute episode. When that happens, I split the entire story into two episodes. Maybe someday I will feel that my episodes need to be slightly longer, especially once I start inviting guests into my podcasts. And I will definitely listen to your feedback. Do you find it too short, too long? How do you like my content? Do feel free to provide that feedback. But until then, I will inform when an episode is a continuation of the previous one. In fact, it would be a good idea to subscribe to the podcast itself so that you don't miss any episodes. And by the way, unfortunately, this one is going to have to be split further because this episode is almost entirely going to be about the choice of an EA framework and a contrast and comparison between various frameworks. Anyway, so we were talking about how do we start doing enterprise architecture? And I talked about preparatory activities in my previous episodes. Primarily, we focused on three things, budget and resources, an architecture board, and a governance function. There are a few more preparatory activities that we should work on before we start any enterprise architecture activities. And we'll talk about that today. How do you pick an enterprise architecture framework? If you ask me, this should be an easy pick because there aren't too many enterprise architecture frameworks out there. Let's talk about that in a little more detail. First, I would like to talk about Zachman framework. John Zachman, also known as the father of enterprise architecture, the man who coined the term enterprise architecture, created this framework in the 1960s. This framework is a six by five matrixed template, a 30 cell two-dimensional taxonomy of enterprise architecture descriptions. It is a matrix that asks six fundamental questions. What, how, where, who, when, and why? And provides answers from five different perspectives. The executive perspective, the business management perspective, the architect's perspective, the engineer's perspective, and the technician's perspective. And when you connect all these dots in all these cells, what you get is the enterprise perspective. It tries to build content that will describe the enterprise from different angles so you get a good view of where you are. The Zachman framework is a meta model, a model of a model that, unlike a methodology, doesn't imply anything about things such as whether you do architecture or you simply build implementations, whether architectures should be top down or bottom up, or a long term or short term perspective, or how much flexibility you want for producing composite models of enterprise implementation. John Zachman believes that his framework is the core building blocks, the ontology of an enterprise architecture. To give you an example, 
First, we had alchemy, where we observed that mixing different chemicals or substances in certain proportions, we saw some form of chemical reaction that created a third kind of chemical or a substance. But it wasn't an exact science until we discovered or created the elements chart or the periodic table. Now, the dictionary definition of each element in the periodic chart is that an element is a substance that cannot be interconverted or broken down into simpler substances. And it's the primary constituents of matter, which means everything is made of elements and elements are not made of simpler substances. In a sense, they are the core building blocks of everything. Once we discovered this, it changed everything. When we say C8H9NO2, it is eight atoms of carbon, nine atoms of hydrogen, and two atoms of oxygen put together. And that's the chemical for paracetamol, the analgesic. It is mathematical and it cannot go wrong. That's chemistry and exact science and the foundation of so many industries, including pharmaceuticals, that gives us so many nice medicines to relieve our hangovers. Similarly, the cells of Zachman framework are the core building blocks of everything enterprise architecture. They are the simplest substances in the enterprise architecture world. They cannot be broken down further, and everything is made of them. Now, what you do with these building blocks, how you put them together to form composites and views, completely depends on the architect. Zachman framework provides the core building blocks of enterprise architecture. This is also called the content meta-model. I am not going to talk about Federal Enterprise Architecture Framework and Department of Defense Enterprise Architecture, the FIAF and the DODAF, uh, because they are antiquated and old and have their roots in ancient project management philosophies like Spivak's Enterprise Architecture Planning Methodology and IBM Business Systems Planning Method. They haven't changed much since then, and I don't think they are very relevant today. Sure, the Spivak and the BPM methods have their merits, but as an Enterprise Architecture Framework, I think there are other better options. Let's also quickly talk about the pragmatic enterprise architecture framework. While the name suggests that it is pragmatic and supposedly leanest among all frameworks, it is not very structured. Pragmatic is overall a family of frameworks focusing on specific aspects. There is the pragmatic enterprise fundamentals framework, pragmatic operating model of enterprise transformation, also known as POET, Pragmatic Enterprise Architecture Framework, PEAF, and finally, the Pragmatic Transformation Maturity Canvas, or PTMC. It has its own ontology and some method. But if you really ask me, it introduces a lot of new concepts around what needs to be done and how. And I feel it needs more work to mature it, especially in the context of real-world application. Which brings us to the TOGAF framework. Now, it's not just the most popular framework, it is also my favorite. And here's why. First of all, most of the concepts that TOGAF has taken are from the frameworks that are already in place. Some of these concepts almost everyone in IT understands, like risk management, change management, requirements management, and so on. And its iterative and incremental method of delivery resonates with agile methodologies and makes a lot of sense. Second, it is an evolving framework. There have been nine major versions of the framework, 9.2 being the most current one. The open group looks at its practical applications in the real world and evolves based on that. It works with the tool vendors and understands the needs of the industries and changes the framework accordingly. It works with member organizations and practicing enterprise architects therein and has created a beautiful ecosystem of forums and consortia. 
so that everyone can share experiences and codify best practices. From time to time, it conducts and hosts events to bring the experience of the industry into the frameworks and methodologies and vice versa. TOGAF is not the only framework they have built. There are other frameworks around public cloud, AI, ML, Internet of Things, and so on. As the industry and technology evolves, so does the Open Group Consortium. Third, it aligns with other frameworks. For example, you could very well use the Zachman framework as a content metamodel, along with the TOGA framework for everything else. It allows for that and has designed the framework in such a way that it is completely flexible. Fourth, it has a tool certifications program. It works with tool vendors to see how they can implement the TOGA framework in their tools. This includes allowing the tools to pick Zachman framework, for example, as a content meta model, or even customizing the content meta model completely if you decided to build your own content meta model, or any other part of the framework for that matter. If you decided to change the terminology or the meta or what have you, that's okay. And finally, you as an open group member organization can contribute to the frameworks, methods, and forums that open group offers. It is a vibrant, live, and busy ecosystem where there is always something developing. And that's why it's my favorite framework so far. It has five different parts to it. One, the iterative and incremental method of enterprise architecture delivery. Two, the guidelines and techniques, which are tips and tricks you could use to improve your work as an EA. Three, is the enterprise continuum, which is the architecture repository and its structure and classification. Four, architecture content framework. Unlike Zachman framework, TOGAF doesn't just focus on the core building blocks. It also focuses on composites that you can build in each phase of the architecture development method. It also has its own content meta model. I admit that the Zachman framework is much more evolved content meta model, but nevertheless, the TOGAF content framework takes into account the fact that architects need help when it comes to what documents can be built in each phase of the ADM and provides that guidance a baseline set of deliverables throughout the phases of the method. And five, the architecture capability framework. This provides us guidance on how to build an enterprise architecture team. In fact, all that we are discussing today in this episode and the previous episode, the kind of stuff that needs to be done to get started with EA, is within the TOGAS capability framework. Besides these five parts, it also has the TOGAS library in the TOGAS 9.2. It contains guidance around various things, such as how to gather requirements or what are the value streams and so on and so forth. An extensive framework that doesn't just provide us with the kind of information to be collected, but also helps the architect in his day-to-day -day job with a step-by-step -step method. This episode does sound a little bit like marketing of the TOGA framework, but trust me, I'm not doing it just to market the product. I'm just saying that it is a popular and favorite framework for some very good reasons. But I'm also saying that there aren't too many good frameworks out there, and maybe there's some potential to build something in that space. In the next episode, we'll talk about other activities that you need to do to prepare for an enterprise architecture capability, like the first enterprise architecture project that you should choose and what its characteristics should be, and other stuff. And I think that should be the last episode uh, when it comes to preparation of enterprise architecture and where you should get started. That's all I have for you today, folks. I hope you enjoyed the show. More about innovation, enterprise architecture, and how we can implement these ideas in the practical world, in the business, right here on the show. Do not forget to subscribe 
Thank you for telling your friends about the show and supporting us. If you want to find out more about us, you can visit us at enterprisearchitectureradio.com. If you have ideas, thoughts, disagreements, feel free to write to me directly. I'm very easy to find on LinkedIn and you can find all my contact details in the show notes. Once again, I hope you had fun and I'll see you in the next one. Thank mm-hmm. you.